Hi everyone, I just wanted to jump in quickly before the episode begins to just give my apology for a little bit of banging (laughs) that you may hear in the background of this episode. My daughter was cooking dinner and she was whacking the pot with the wooden spoon and I thought of re-recording it, but at the moment it's school holidays and it's a bit of a juggle and I don't want this to be delayed or it to become a burden and have to be perfect. So I'm trying to practice what I preach and just getting this out. Please accept my sincerest apologies. (laughs) And from next week, it will be back to a very silent background because no one will be here. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Life Right Here, Inner Medicine Tools for Present Moment Living. I'm your host, Emma Waters, yoga teacher, educator, and inner medicine coach. We'll explore all things yoga, Ayurveda, and contemplative practice to give you practical tools and insight to reduce overwhelm, soothe the nervous system, and remind you of who you are at your core, right here, in this moment. The Life Right Here is your weekly prescription of peace, presence, and power. Let's tune in. Hello, lovely friends, and welcome to episode six of The Life Right Here. We're back in lecture mode today to discuss all things sleep. This is a topic very important to me as I've been a really light sleeper my whole life. Maybe you can relate. But being a highly sensitive person has a lot to do with it. But there was always a joke or two about my need to remove clocks from walls and take their batteries out, plug up any form of artificial light. And now these days, the need to sleep solo. Yep, I sleep by myself and I love it. And it became particularly important to me during those postpartum months when my beautiful baby, now 12-year-old, Marley, was a very erratic sleeper, which had a huge impact on my physical and mental health. I've experienced firsthand what severe sleep deprivation can do. And I'm now coming into a phase of life at nearly 45 where sleep can also be impacted by common perimenopausal symptoms like hot flashes and insomnia. It's not happening yet, but I'm highly aware it's coming and I want to take great care to navigate this appropriately to safeguard my well-being and in turn that of my family. Sleep is a crucial part of living a healthy lifestyle, but I think many of us underestimate its importance or we forget its importance. And from a yogic perspective, we want just the right amount of sleep. Not too little and not too much. Like everything else in life, there is that perfect sweet spot. The term madhya in yoga describes the middle path. And we can apply it to so many contexts and aspects of life. Traditional medical systems like Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicine both describe two fundamental and opposing principles that invigorate and nourish life. 
Young is the energizing, activating, and motivating principle of life. And yin is the nourishing and building principle. Sleep encourages yin qualities. Yin is slower, stable, tranquil. But too much sleep can lead to sluggishness and lethargy. Too little sleep is also damaging and leads to things like fatigue, of course, lightheadedness, lowered immunity, mood changes and endocrine disorders where the levels of hormones are too low or too high because the endocrine glands are not working properly. Hormones regulate our mood. They support digestion, our breathing and blood circulation. They perform countless vital functions in our body. We want them, we need them to be balanced. Lack of sleep contributes to a relative excess of young qualities. Young is fast, energetic, mobile and more aggressive, which leads to more stress hormones circulating through our system. And if that continues for too long, then our adrenal glands get exhausted and it can lead to adrenal fatigue or burnout. And I've no doubt you've heard this before. This is not new information, but a reminder at times to look at the basics in terms of those foundations for your health and well-being is always supportive, I believe. We also seem to move in cycles. I definitely do. We might be really onto our nutrition and movement, but then non-supportive habits can creep in at night time and suddenly our sleep is being impacted without us really clocking it. I know that for me, the perfect amount of sleep is eight hours. Experts recommend at least seven hours for your body to function at its best. So the first step here would really be acknowledging what amount of sleep time sets you up to feel and be your best self. Of course, if you are a new mum or a mama of a toddler, you may not be able to get those solid hours right now. I definitely have been there. And that's where rest and relaxation and really nurturing yourself in other ways is so important. Sleep is a time for the body to heal and to restore balance on all levels. It's one of the most nourishing and restorative things we can do. And something that signals to us that maybe we are not getting enough sleep is fatigue. Surprise, surprise. I've worked with many women who are so fatigued and the pandemic did nothing to ease that. In fact, I think it exacerbated it generally. But I know so many women who do not listen to this natural signal from their body, just like the signals of hunger or thirst and ignore it or override it, which just contributes to imbalance. Dr. Claudia Welsh, who combines Ayurveda traditional Chinese medicine and Western science in her teaching and practice, describes it like this. Although we may readily respond to our body's hunger by eating and drinking when we're thirsty, we often ignore fatigue. If we feel tired, we think that something is wrong. Nothing is wrong. We are just tired. We need rest, sometimes lots of it. 
if we have gone for years vetoing our body's signals. <laughs> I really relate to this. In Ayurvedic terms, my constitution is predominantly pitta dosha, which another episode might explain in the future if you've never heard of the doshas before. But suffice to say there's a lot of fire element in my constitution and so I'm naturally inclined to push through to do too much and take on too much time and again. <laughs> but about seven or eight years ago now, I've finally listened. Well, I had no choice but to listen because I was burning to the ground. I was forced by my boss at the time to take all up. It was about six weeks off work as a school teacher. I couldn't continue. Even though I resisted, he enforced it. And I made a pact with myself to get better, to start to honour my own energy and to rest and recover. My doctor said it was probably postnatal depletion that kicked in four or five years after giving birth. That's how good I was at sucking it up and pushing on. And it's rife in women, I feel, who are juggling so many things and who feel... I don't have time to rest. We have to make time to rest. And we have to safeguard our sleep in any way that we can. And like our life depends on it. Because actually it really does. So I want to keep this actionable and simple as always. I've got five sleep tips for you to consider or simply be reminded of. Ayurveda teaches, and I have experienced firsthand, that the body loves routine. And I've found this to be perhaps the most important recommendation in terms of lifestyle that we could listen to. Sticking to a routine of when you wake up and when you go to bed is number one. Start here. If your sleep time and wake time is all over the place, how might you rein it in? If you're living a slow-paced life and not constantly doing and have very little stress, maybe you can get away with a little less sleep. But if your life is busy and you have a full schedule and a faster pace, then sleep for longer until you regain balance and then find what works best for you. See if you can be in bed by 9pm, 10 at the latest, or you'll get a second wind. And wake up with the sun. And I actually keep my blinds open. I'm fine with natural light from the moon coming in. I know that may not be possible for you if you live in the city and there are street lights. I don't have any street lights in my street. But I do it so that the sun rising can then wake me naturally on those days where I don't set an alarm although I often rise before the sun. Number two, keep your bedroom as a sanctuary. And this is something often recommended, but are you doing it? We can have all the information we need, but it's putting it into practice that actually makes a difference in our life. This would include no screens or working in your room, particularly if you are experiencing disrupted sleep 
And I'm definitely a culprit for doing that because it's a quieter space. It's away from the TV on and things like that. And maybe you don't have a separate study. I don't. But could you work out on your deck or in a small corner of another place in the house? It's worth having a think and a little creativity. Number three, caffeine and alcohol. It's a no-brainer, really. We all know both of these can impact sleep. But those daily habits creep in before you know it. And they're both particularly addictive. So trying to reduce your intake of caffeine and alcohol is a great idea. Have coffee if you're going to before midday or eliminate them entirely if your sleep is really not great. It's going to have an impact. Number four, this might seem like a funny one, but stick with me. Applying some warm oil to the soles of your feet before bed can be really grounding and assist you to fall asleep. And you could add lavender essential oil, which that's long been used for sleep support. You can put an old pair of socks on to absorb any excess oil too. You don't want to get it on your sheets. And finally, number five, a bedtime routine. There's that magic word again, routine. If you're having trouble with your sleep, it's time to look at what you're doing in the hour before bed. Switching off from screens, dimming the lights, having a warm drink, not a stimulating one, and spending some time in quiet journaling or practicing mantra or meditation, some deep belly breathing, or even laying with your legs up the wall for a few minutes will help you to unwind, will support your brain to slow down and your nervous system to settle before you try and fall asleep. And if you're scrolling on the phone in bed, I'm not judging you, I'm just aware that that's a reality, then you know that that routine is not conducive to a restful sleep. Perhaps you can leave your phone in the kitchen to charge and have a watch or alarm clock in your room if it's just too hard to resist. And often it is because the apps have been designed to keep you on there as much as possible, even at night when you could be getting to bed earlier. And you don't have to have an hour-long routine. This has to be achievable, simple and realistic or it won't stick. If you have things to organize or sort for the next day, you can do this just without the TV on perhaps or sit and read instead of TV for a short time. I'm just encouraging you to look at whether you are switching screens off pretty late and then heading straight to bed. If your sleep is challenged, then it's worth a look at that. And may I mention here too that the mantra practice from last episode, episode five, would be a great practice to do each evening. I guide you through it, so be sure to check it out. So a quick recap for you to choose from and start making one tiny change to improve your sleep and in turn your overall energy and vitality. One, routine, go to bed and rise at the same time every day. Two, keep the bedroom as a place for sleep. How can you make space for work somewhere else? Three, reduce 
or eliminate caffeine and alcohol. Four, foot massage with warm oil just before bed. And the base oil of sesame is lovely and grounding. Five, create a calming and nourishing bedtime routine. Be creative and do those things that you know help to settle you. We might all be a little different in that regard. As always, I'd love to hear from you on Instagram or via email. What changes have you made to your evening routine? Or maybe you have some remedies or recommendations that I could share with others. I've no doubt that many of you will have some great tips on this. Next episode, I will be sharing a breathing and concentration practice that is a great antidote to insomnia and just in general calms the system. So make sure you tune in next week to practice. Until then, my friends, be kind to yourself, make space for rest and celebrate those tiny habit changes that will add up to new ways of being. Thanks for listening. I'll be back again soon.